Welcome to the Exploring Healing Arts podcast, your go-to source for learning about different healing techniques and meeting exceptional healing arts practitioners from around the globe. Together, we explore where the physical meets the subtle, the possibilities that exist for healing, and a diverse array of methods to try, from acupuncture to yin yoga and Reiki to family constellation therapy. My name is Elizabeth Alexander. I am the creator and curator behind this podcast, a Reiki master and energy healing practitioner. This podcast is something I have dreamed of for many, many moons, and my intention is to birth the resource I wish I had had at the start of my own healing arts journey over a decade ago. Whether you are just getting started on your own journey or you are intentionally diving deeper into a healing arts practice, this podcast is the place for you. You will hear inspiring stories, get real life practical tips, and connect with exceptional practitioners and teachers from around the world. No two paths in healing are the same, but that does not mean you need to be alone. Join us to explore and experience healing together. Welcome. Today's guest is Jill Sonic. Jill is an energy healer who supports creating harmony in the body and the soul for clients from in utero children to the elderly. An attorney by trade and a mother of young kids, Jill began her training in the healing arts out of the need to resolve a debilitating pain no medical doctor could solve for her. Jill works as a conduit through which healing flows and grounds her practice in her faith. She is deeply trusted by clients from around the world who experience the effectiveness of her techniques, presence, and prayer. Welcome, Jill. Hello. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that you are here today. So listeners, Jill and I um, trained together under Cindy Dale. I think we both did her program that she used to offer at Normandale, and then we've done her online year-long apprenticeship programs as well. And Jill is also a teaching assistant for Cindy. So I've just been blessed to connect with you in a myriad of ways as a student, as a friend, as a colleague, as someone who's done sessions with you. And I've been looking forward to this episode all week. So yeah, I hope all the listeners enjoy it too. So I'd love to know a little bit about you and your background. We're going to dive into your journey, but let's start with some basics. Where are you located physically? I am in the beautiful state of Minnesota. Uh, We're just west of the Twin Cities. Love, love, love that. And what is your ancestry and what are your your roots? Well, it's funny because I worked on a series called The Ancestors Within, and I had to really dive deep into... um, the genealogy. Um, my family, all of my families are family members are travelers. Every single line has come to the U.S. by a bo- by a boat journey. Wow. Um, so we have Irish. My mom is first generation Irish. Um, my dad is second generation Polish mm. on one side, and then his other side, we have ancestors that come came all the way over during the Jamestown days. Wow. So yeah, super, super long history of traveling across oceans to get here. So we might have some Polish relatives. My my mom course. is second generation Polish. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That'd be interesting to explore. Yeah. <laughs> so mostly European, 
are my roots. Um, I believe there is some Native American um, that has shown up on like the the 23andMe, um, but it's a very, very small percent. So Cool. And who are, if you know, who are the the indigenous or native people of the land that you're on and near the Twin Cities in Minnesota? Oh, great question. It's a really long name that I'm going to botch if I try and pronounce it. Um, but we are near um, the Ojibwa, uh, the Sioux. There's the Red Lake community near us. Um, but the name of the people who originally inhabited where I am is like 23 letters long. And I, I, I don't know how to pronounce it. Sorry. We will include it in the show notes. So okay. anybody that okay. wants to reference it, they can go and read it and yeah, say it out loud themselves. <laughs> so I would love to know, we've got some background on you. You were an attorney by trade and now you work in the healing arts. Tell us how that started. Like, what got you here? It's <laughs> quite a shift. You know, I went into law school for all the wrong reasons. Um, I was young and I wanted to, like, impress people. And I thought that would look great on the resume. Didn't love it. Um, it really hurt my soul to do it. I worked in family law, uh, specifically in um, bankruptcy, where people were getting going bankrupt, getting divorced. And so I was trying to settle those family law issues. So it was, it was really heartbreaking. Um, we've seen a lot of family go through a lot of trauma. I stopped being an attorney because my doctor said I could work in my current job or I could get pregnant, but my body was too stressed in in my job um, for me to get pregnant. And so I ended up quitting, quitting the job so that we could um, try and have a family. So, so that led me into parenting. And then a year after I had my daughter, I started having a lot of um, physical pain and I went to, I don't know how many doctors, countless doctors. Um, It felt like my bones were being crushed. Ow. Yeah. And so I got diagnosed with fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue, myofascial pain disorder. Um, At one point they thought I had uh, MS um, and they just kept shoving, um, prescriptions on me and, and and I went through some awful tests. And finally I had a good friend who said, Hey, um, I know this lady, she's a great energy worker. She's she's a Christian. Um, I think you should go see her. And I was like, mm, hard pass. <laughs> like, I don't believe in any of that stuff. Because I grew up I grew up in Rochester, Minnesota, which is the home of the Mayo Clinic, uh the world renowned Mayo Clinic. And so um if you didn't work at Mayo Clinic in Rochester, then you worked for um, IBM. So it was a very linear, logical um, way of thinking. And so if there wasn't, you know, a medical evidence to support this energy stuff, I didn't want to have anything to do with it. So I went a little bit longer. And finally, I'm like, okay, nobody can tell me what's wrong. Um, Now they're telling me it's all in my head that I've just made it all up. And so I want to go see somebody else. And so I went and saw a kinesiologist. And we started connecting uh, trauma, family trauma, to the pain that I was physically experiencing, and that was like the wow. first time that I saw any any release of the, of the symptoms. And it, that took about seven years. Seven years. Yeah, it was a long time. Wow. Long time. So I got some initial breakthroughs um, with her, but 
It wasn't until I started working with Cindy Dale that um, like all of it kind of fell off. There are pieces falling off here and there. Um, but when I started working with Cindy and understanding the chakras and the orc fields and family trauma and the ancestral line that I was really able to just finally get rid of all of it. So it was a long journey. So the pain, it's gone and the diagnoses are gone and wow. Yeah, but I'm on zero medication. So that in itself, I think is amazing for a middle-aged lady in, in living in the U.S. So shout out to Healing Streams of Grace for all the support. <laughs> so speaking of Healing Streams of Grace, I know that's the name of, uh, you know, it's a big part of your practice and it's part of the name of your practice. Can you tell us, you know, how would you describe Healing Streams of Grace to someone who maybe hasn't heard that term before? Well, the, it's interesting because it's a, a phrase that Cindy used to use and she changed it. And I don't know if it's because I stole the name from my practice or not. <laughs> but it's also from an old hymn. And it talks about um, the healing streams of grace just coming from the love of God. And so when I would describe healing streams of grace, I would just describe it as that love energy that is just everywhere around us that we can tap into and bring into us to, to heal. Beautiful. Beautiful. And as a practitioner, you work with that energy to help connect people to it. Like they have a connection to it, but sometimes there's, I don't know, interference stuff in the way. How would you describe it? Right. So um, yeah, it's one of the modalities that I use. What I've found when I practice is that when you call something out, when you, when you can name it, you can claim power over it. And then you can start seeing those shifts happen. And so we, so we, you know, today I was working on someone and uh, we named what was happening. And then we called in that light. You know, to me, it looks like just beautiful colors of light. Uh, and we called that in to push out what was remaining. And then we called in a different stream to bring in what the person needed to replace that pain. Yes. Beautiful. So you talked about, you know, on this journey, that there are points where energy healing work was a hard pass. And now here you are, not only have you benefited from it yourself, your family's benefited from it. I personally have benefited from it. I think, you know, everyone who's seen you for a session or, you know, worked with you as a teaching assistant really can feel the value and the presence that you bring. But at points you had fears. So like, how did you overcome them or how did you work through them? Was it just something where like the pain was so intense that you were finally like surrendering or yeah. What, what was that process like for you? Yeah, that's, that's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, yeah. When you try everything um, and nothing is working, I think it was, I just got to the point of such great frustration of no, no, no one being able to tell me what was wrong. And so I lost a lot of faith in the medical community. Um, that was part of it. Um, and I just didn't want to be in pain anymore. And that's part of the reason why I love doing what I do is because I feel like I can help people transition from places of pain into places of healing. Mm, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And you, you, you mentioned that, you know, at that point in your, you know, your story and your journey, you had lost some faith in the medical practitioners that you were working with. But I know something that has been a constant for you has been your Christian faith. And how does faith inform the work that you do? How does your faith inform it? Well, it, it hasn't always been a constant. I have also lost my faith too. Um, 
and that has come back. But um, I love to study scripture. Um, I've done over 38 Bible studies. Wow. And I love to just get in and learn what the word of God is. Um, I grew up Catholic and I didn't open a Bible until I was a sophomore in high school. And I went to Catholic grade school. I went to Catholic high school. I went to Catholic college. Um, and so to not open a Bible until you're 16 is, I think there's a, a big miss in the church that we're not, and, and they have corrected this. But when I was growing up, that wasn't, we, we didn't, we didn't look in the Bible. Um, and so I just wanted to know from personal experience what the Bible was saying versus having someone tell me what the Bible said. Mm. And so as I like learn and study more, I just fell more and more in love with the word of God and just wanted to know more about it. And I could see the healing power because the Bible says we can all have that healing power that Christ had and we just need to embrace it. And so I wanted to learn more about that. And when I was going through my healing um, process and working with this kinesiologist, she was always bringing in the word of God. And I saw how that power moved and shifted energy in my body. Mm -hmm. And and I am someone who has not studied the Bible. I've studied the gospel of Mary Magdalene, which is not included in a lot of contemporary Bibles, but in working in my sessions with you, I always love when you bring the words in and I feel the potency and the way that you bring that prayer and that presence in. It feels good. And I really appreciate the uniqueness of that, at least in terms of the community of people that I've worked with. I've really just appreciated that. And you've planted some seeds. Like I'm more curious to learn more about it now too. <laughs> well, and I don't really know anyone else who does it um, besides the kinesiologist in the energy field that is a Christian. Um, yeah. But I mean, just studying. So I have a Hebrew reference book that's probably this thick. And it goes through the Bible and gives you the original Hebrew word. Well, just in the Old Testament, there's over a hundred different names and adjectives for God, where where when you read it in the English Bible, it just says the word God. And so when you get into the Bible and you get to study it, you, you get to learn, you know, God is a counselor and God is a healer and God is a protector. And, and when we call on those words, um, in the energy, session when I do it, I I specifically call on the word of God that I need. So like Jehovah Magan um, means God is my shield. And so when someone's going through something where they need protection, uh, I might bring that, that up. That's beautiful. Uh, It's just more like what a cool intersection and interplay of these energy skills and techniques that you've learned over the years combined with your exceptional knowledge of scripture and your depth of studying it. (laughs) And even the lawyer piece has helped me because, you know, I believe these biblical truths are universal truths. And sometimes when I'm working with entities, I, it's almost like I'm in a courtroom and I'm accusing them. And I'm condemning them and asking them to be brought into judgment so that this stuff can be removed and bound and taken away from the person I'm working on. I love that. Yeah. That is so, so cool. So in my experience, you know, people who identify very strongly with religion are not always open to energy work and energy healing. And your own story, you know, is a testament to that in some ways. Like, what would you say to someone who is religious and is also curious about subtle energy? 
Well, I would say, come see me. I'd love to work with you. It's interesting because when whenever I hear people who are not open to it, I always say, well, what do you think the Holy Spirit is? The Holy Spirit is 100% energy. It's 100% healing. It's 100% love. Like, I think that when people are curious, um, it's a great way to just kind of step in and show them what I can do through the Word of God and through prayer. Yeah, I would say try it. I don't think there's any negative side effects that yeah. I've seen. Yeah. I yeah. think, I think as long as you're working with a practitioner that you trust, I mean, and that exactly. kind of brings yes. up like a question I love to ask all of these amazing healing artists that are part of the podcast is like, what are green flags you would tell someone who's like curious and obviously come to you. I trust you. <laughs> that would be great. But if they are, you know, looking to expand to other people as well, what are green flags you would tell them to look for in energy healing practitioners? Ooh, integrity. Personally, I don't like putting out any promises out there. Like I, I can't heal anyone. All the healing that happens is because of the work through the Holy Spirit. So I would just be cautious of anyone who's saying they can 100% heal you. So that would go back to integrity. I think you just have to get a good feeling about it. You know, check out people on their websites, um, pray about it, um, ask for signs. It's always good to have referrals. Yeah, gosh, that's that's a good question. I usually only go to pe- people that um, I have word of mouth referral from. Well, and I think something that you speak to on your website and that I know like is true for me and also true for a lot of the people that I choose to learn from, like as, as my teachers, is there's this orientation to like being a channel or being a conduit and really supporting, like awakening their healer within. Like it's not necessarily like I'm not necessarily doing something to you, but I'm opening up in a way that allows for energy to move through and not making promises. <laughs> right. Well, and ideally, my goal is that you never have to come see me again. I mean, that's yeah. what that, that would like, you know, I'm not going to make any money doing that, but I would love for the healing to happen. It's so much more important. And if people are putting money ahead of healing, that would be another, that would be a red flag for me. Yeah, those are great. Yep. Have you worked with people who are newer to energy healing, like are unfamiliar with it? And how has that experience been for you? Like, what are things that you might coach somebody who's new to energy healing, like through in the process? I always recommend that they ask questions. You know, I think some people go in and they think, oh, I got to be part of this and I can't interrupt and I got to let her work. I always say, you know, if, 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 I, if I'm making you uncomfortable, if you have questions, just stop me and just ask. Cause you know, it's, it's like you said, it's about awakening that healer within. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you've talked about, you know, the community that's been around you. So Cindy Dale's obviously been a big influence, the kinesiologist you worked with. What has been most supportive for you in like entrusting your process, trusting your path and trusting into stepping into this healing arts work, not just as like a recipient, but also as a practitioner. I had um, a friend of mine. um, I was talking to her about energy healing and she's a minister and she was very curious and kind of skeptical. And she gave me someone that she wanted me to specifically pray for. And it was a young, it was a young child. And, um, so I started praying for her over a couple of weeks and she called me and she's like, I don't know what you're doing, 
<laughs> but I'm seeing this child change because they, they had a child with some behavioral issues and they were seeing the child start to change and shift and become more receptive and open and easier to communicate with. And so that meeting really prompted me to, okay, I usually just do this for friends and family, but I think that I have something that I can offer to other people. And it's something that I love to do. Um, And it's something that I can do over Zoom, which is amazing because energy can travel through space and time and video screens. And so it's enabled me to stay home with the kids and just work while they're at school. Yeah. So it's been, it's been perfect for me and I love to do it. And you're exceptional at it. You, oh, you thank really you. Are. <laughs> Yeah. I feel like I've said before, I feel so blessed to have experienced your work firsthand, both in Aww. group settings and in one-on-one. Thank you. So that, that's my referral pitch for Jill. <laughs> it's great you. for me. One of the things that I, I do love about your sessions is that you know, in my experience, and this may be different from person to person, but you generally have like a protocol that you follow. So there's like, there's a structure, like a format that you've brought to it. It's kind of like bridging the gap between that part of you that grew up with Mayo Clinic and IBM and your attorney yep. mind with your, you know, your healing arts practitioner work. Can you walk us through like what that protocol is like or how you approach, you know, doing a one-on-one session with someone? Well, it's funny because I kind of do like a top to bo- top to bottom in to out protocol. And I normally just do that for the very first session. Um, so the very first session, I would go through all the chakras and the org fields um, very thoroughly and just say, okay, what do, what do I need to see? What needs to move? Is something in the wrong place? Um, cause that happens, you know, the orc fields get out of order, the chakras get switched around. And so I do that for the first session. And then when someone comes back to see me, I'll do a quick check-in and do the protocol. And then we just kind of go where we're supposed to go. Yeah. And that doesn't really have a protocol. Um, that is, is we just kind of bounce all over. It's more intuitive. Yeah. More intuitive. And For people that are listening, I think a lot of people probably are familiar with chakras and with auric fields, but they are elements of our subtle body. So it's anatomy, (laughs) essentially, for the energy that runs through our body and auric fields and the chakras in particular. um, Sometimes people call them energy centers, but they are places where the physical energy and the subtle energy can intersect. So sometimes you create a subtle shift like someone like Jill might do and it can create a physical change. And likewise, sometimes you need a physical intervention and doing a physical intervention can help support the subtle energy changing. So they really work hand in hand and and they interplay with each other, at least, you know, speaking from my experience. And Jill, I would love to know from your experience, can you think of some examples of times where you've gone in and you've supported some shifts on a subtle level, so maybe through the chakras or through the auric fields, like you were explaining, that has created um, physical shifts for people? Yeah, I have a really good story. I love stories. <laughs> I was working with a young woman um, who was having a lot of knee pain. And I had also worked with one of her parents who had similar experience. And so we were working one day and all of a sudden... Um, it felt like the the 
leg had been cut off at the knee. And so I started seeing um, ancestors who had uh, an ancestor in particular who had been uh, like a double amputee. And so we were going back through space and time um, and we were healing that great, great, great grandfather of his wounds. And um, when it was happening, I'm like, I don't know what to do. Like I've never been in this situation before. And then when I, whenever I do that, um, it's always a perfect opportunity to invite God in, right? Because I usually get so stuck in my head. I'm like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then <laughs> God's like, hello, call on me, type me in. And so anyway, I, I saw this, this man and then I saw um, the spirit of Christ coming in and literally, well, not literally, but he was uh, reattaching both legs to this wow. man. And so um, as he's reattaching the legs, um, like they just became brand new again and he was able to run and jump and do everything he could before the legs came off. And when that happened, like the pain in this woman and in her parent was gone. Wow. So they no longer had any more knee pain, neither of them. So it's just like, if it didn't happen to me, I wouldn't believe it. Totally. Yep. Just in. You know, this is something that we have talked about, like in Cindy Dale's trainings and something that, you know, you've spoken to as a, a, a teaching assistant, but there are different ways of intuiting information. So like what Jill's talking about when she's seeing that's something that could be happening through your third eye, for example. And if you're interested in learning about how to do that better or developing your own capacities, because we all have our unique skills and gifts and we all have the ability, you know, to varying degrees to sense this information. I would really encourage you to find a training opportunity, you know, under the instruction of an energy healer, you know, an energy practitioner who works with a lot of integrity because, you know, what Jill is saying, you know, if you're curious about it, it's possibly something that you could learn to do as well. Great point. Yeah, because not everybody can see. Uh, some people hear, some people sense, uh, some people just know, um, some people see words. Yeah, there's all types of ways to connect into that intuitiveness. I feel. <laughs> yeah, people are feelers. <laughs> so if you could go back and tell a younger version of you, you know, that was just starting on your healing arts journey, like before you knew that, you know, grounding your work and your faith and developing those skills could help people, you know, with things like knee pain, it could help you resolve your own pain. It could help, you know, children that are dealing with behavioral issues. What would you tell yourself? What would you tell that younger version of you that didn't know all this yet? Well, I would say a lot of things, but one would be to stay open and to trust that inner voice. I think that, you know, being a woman, we have generations of women that have preceded us who didn't get to listen to their voice. They had to shut up and toe the line. And so I think that would be one of the things I would say is trust your inner voice. Another thing I would say is you don't have to look and do it like everybody else is doing it. You know, I think especially as a teenager, you know, we want to conform and, and yet stand out at the same time, that paradox and just to just trust Trust in what, who you are, who you were created to be. Because we're all created in the image of God. But at the same time, to fathom that God is so huge and big that we could all be so uniquely and beautifully different is just 
Um, but it just gives you so much power. Like, yeah, God wanted one of me, he wanted one of you. Uh, he wanted one of each and every one of us. And so just to embrace that uniqueness and stay open and trust who you were created to be. Mm, I love that. Thank you. That's such a sweet, <laughs> sweet share. I feel like it was something I needed to hear today too. <laughs> so speaking of like listening to your inner voice, I know like when I was just starting out on my journey over a decade ago before you know, I stumbled upon the subtle body by Cindy Dale, that phrase felt really elusive. I think what you spoke to before about like generations of women coming, you know, before me, my ancestors who haven't always had access to be able to express themselves or like really listen to that voice and follow through and be safe. Um, that speaks to me too. But can you tell us a little bit, I guess I'm, I'm trying to shed some light on what that inner voice might feel like or sound like for somebody that's not quite sure and needs some pointers on it. Ooh, well, that goes back to what we were talking about earlier about how you sense information intuitively. Um, because sometimes it's not a voice. <laughs> I was like waiting for a message. And like, <laughs> sometimes it's not a voice. Um, sometimes it's in something that you read. Or um, I think the best way is to ask the people that you trust and love around you who you are. Mm. If you have a um, a safe person who's going to be truthful and honest, but do it in love, I think that would be a good starting place. And then I think journaling is a great way to just kind of get out those inner thoughts. And for me, my inner voice, like the things that I have been led to do have always almost been contrary to what I've wanted to do. And they've always been harder and kind of stranger than things that I would have picked for myself. Right? It's like the personality. Yeah. yeah, I don't really want to do that. So um, that's how it's happened for me. I'm not going to say that's happened for everybody else. But, you know, just being aware, just being open and listening. And then I think a good thing to do is ask, okay, is this a, a message for my highest best good? Um, is this something that's coming in from the morphogenetic field, um, which is the kind of the thoughts and beliefs of the area around us? Yeah, which we're leading up to do on <laughs> in some time. Yeah, and you don't want to you don't want to do those things. So to just figure out, you know, ask yourself, is this is this a message for me and is it for my highest best good? It's always a good checkpoint. I love that. And I think uh, just an invitation and a piece of encouragement to anyone listening, like if you just set the intention for connecting with that inner voice, like it will reveal itself too. So maybe your voice, you know, shows up in a different way than Jill's does, or it shows up in a different way than mine does, but just setting the intention and being present enough to it, um, yes. you know, staying present as possible is enough. It doesn't have to be like a big ordeal. <laughs> yeah. And we need to get quiet. Like, and still, um, I think so many times we, especially if, I don't know, if you're, if you're working full time, if, if you have kids, I mean, we're so busy. We're so stupid busy. And one of the blessings of COVID is that we had to stop and get still. That's one of the few blessings. But get quiet and still and just get to know who you are, right? Because I think part of our busyness is we're kind of running from who we are. I mean, that's how I spent most of my 20s and 30s. It's like, ah, trying to get to the next thing instead of being in the moment and enjoying who I was in that moment. Absolutely. 
That's really resonating. <laughs> like that deconditioning to just be myself. Mm-hmm. So what ha- what practices like do you have personally that help you stay embodied, that help you to ground and integrate your own healing arts work? Well, one of the things, one of the big takeaways from Cindy's books and her classes is to affirm who I am. She does it um, before doing any work, and so do I. Um, I do it a little differently than she does it. Um, I always affirm my spirit. My spirit, I believe, is the perfect embodiment of who I am in God, you know, that perfect self. And then I affirm my soul, and I believe the soul is a reflection of the spirit. And sometimes that reflection can get um, damaged or there can be interference. So I affirm the soul and then I affirm my physical and energetic bodies. And then I just ask for protection on all levels. So I try and do that every morning and then I try and do it every night. And I do it every time I go into a session with a client. So when I'm out and about, um, before I learned to do this, like if I walked into a grocery store, I would suddenly just be getting hit with everybody's stuff. Um, like I don't, I don't need to know that the guy buying eggs is having an affair or, you know, that so-and-so is an alcoholic or, you know, cause you, you just go through the store and just all these, all this information starts hitting you. Um, and so I always kind of do it before I go into like a really public place, mm-hmm. just ask for protection and, um, just bring me the information that I need. So every once in a while something will come through and I'll be like, okay, you're asking me to pray for that person. Or intervene on, in on, in some way energetically. So, it's a sounds like a really good energy hygiene practice. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. It really is. Sometimes I forget, and then I and then I kind of get ping ponged around, and I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot. Got to get back to it. <laughs> yeah. So we are going to dive into our rapid fire questions next. So ask all guests these um, on every episode, and they're just. Short, sweet, simple questions. Um, just say the answer that comes to mind. Okay. What is your human design? I'm a generator with sacral authority. Nice. Where is your favorite place in nature to be in? I love being by water, moving water. Mm-hmm. What is your beverage of choice right now? Water. Water. <laughs> yeah. I think you're like, I think 50% of the guests have said that and it makes my heart so happy. (laughs) We need to drink so much more. (laughs) What is your top tip for good energy hygiene? Well, that affirming that I did, um, if you have more time, you can go through and clear out each chakra where you would name them and then clear them out. And I believe I have that as a meditation on my website, streamsofgrace.net. And people can access that for free if they go to your yeah, website. Yeah, it's for free. Yeah, go do, go do it. Love it. And last question, how would you define healing? Ooh, that's a really good question. You know, healing is about, for me, it's about getting to a place of peace. P-E-A-C-E. <laughs> and sometimes it's physical. But I think that you can be healed spiritually. Uh, or on a soul level, and maybe not be physically healed. So I, I guess I would say it's about being at peace with where you are in 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 your physical body, in your surroundings, in your relationships. Mm, beautiful. Thank you. 
So I know you've mentioned you offer one-on-one sessions. You've got the meditation. Where can people find you and how can they connect? I'm at streamsofgrace.net and you can read my bio there. You can do the meditations there. Um, You can see other people's statements of healing. And then you can email me at jill at streamsofgrace.net if you have questions. If you want to learn more about me too, I've also um, had the honor to write in four books that are produced by Amy Gillespie. Wow. The Ancestors Within series. And you can read about me in there. There's, they're available on Amazon. Yeah. I would love to work with you if you feel open to that and that feels right for you. And I have a promotion. So um, love 30, all capital letters. I will get you $30 off a new client session. Wow. Thank you, Jill. That's really sweet. (laughs) Well, I am just so thrilled, like I said, to be here creating this episode with you today. I really hope that this, you know, your story, your messages resonate with the listeners. And I I have this feeling of inner confidence that they will. And um, just thank you so much for your presence. Thanks for being here. Thank you for, you know, getting into the healing arts. I just, I can't imagine, you know, having gone through all of the trainings that I've done without you. And I always benefit from your one-on-one sessions too. Oh, thank you. It was so great to do this. Uh, Thank you for having me on. I'm not good at the self-promotion. So whenever anyone's like, Hey, do you want to do a podcast? I'm like, yes, I just have to sit here and talk and you're going to do all the work. Awesome. Yes, please. (laughs) And I'm just thrilled that like, you're willing to share your time and energy to be here and talk. So win, win, win. Win, win, Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast. I hope that our words, our stories, and the wisdom shared on today's episode inspire you and support you in feeling connected. If you loved this episode, please leave us a five-star review so we can reach more people. And as a thank you for listening, join me for a mini course on energy hygiene. You get three simple practices you can do anywhere, anytime to support you in feeling more grounded, connected to yourself, and confident in your energetic boundaries. Sign up at energyhealingelizabeth.com slash energy hygiene. Thanks for being here today, and I look forward to being with you again soon. The primary purpose of the Exploring Healing Arts podcast is to inspire and educate. As a reminder, the information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. We encourage you to speak with your doctor for professional medical advice or treatment. Opinions offered on this podcast are just that, opinions.